Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I didn't have my lead and I didn't know. All right. Hey, folks, it's Phoenix Kalita. Welcome to the Swapcast. Uh, we are going to go over some Swapaganda and we are going to cover some sex worker rights and some stories. Um, I think this is going to be maybe a two segment show. I have two different stories to cover. Might break them up into two different uh, episodes. We'll see what the fuck happens. All right, so I wanted to start with uh, one article that is on the BensonNews-Sun.com. And this is, of course, as usual, as it tends to go, about uh, law enforcement officials raping sex workers, because we talk about that a lot. And that's why we play a trigger warning. But this is the reality of the thing. This is what is happening. So... Um, This article is from May, but this is about an investigation that happened in 2018. But this is sort of the update, right? Because it can take a while um, after police do one of these alleged trafficking arrests or trafficking busts to get all the details out. So this is one of those times. This is about a 2018 incident uh, where they law enforcement allegedly rescued victims of sex trafficking Right, yeah. Um, But this is what actually happened that we're now finding out about in 2020. And let's see, this uh, originally happened in Lake Havasaw City in September 25th, 2018. Um, Here we go. And, of course, they start with the the hyperbolic, um, you know, just where, like, they think everything is like the Taken movie, you know. According to federal agents... The women were forced to live and work in filth and near darkness, surviving only on tips they received from performing massages and sexual favors. I like how as soon as you mention that this is about uh, massage parlors that you almost know it's going to be them fucking with Asian people. This is no exception. So, Lon Wiegand, the deputy special agent in charge of the Homeland Security Investigations in Arizona, described them as, quote, Asian females, there it is, who may be sex trafficking victims. He praised the joint operation between federal agents and local police in western Arizona that led to their rescue and credited, quote, investigative techniques that helped crack a, quote, transnational criminal organization investigative techniques. Just keep that fucking phrasing in the back of your head for a minute. Uh, Wiegand assured those at a press conference called to announce this investigation's successful conclusion that HSI followed a victim-based approach, and while he wouldn't reveal anything more about the women, he added that, uh, oh no, no pop-ups, please. (laughs) He added that, know that the women are now safe and being cared for. So we're not going to actually give you any details about them, but just fucking trust us that we're doing the right thing. Because law enforcement doesn't have a long-ass history of not doing the right thing in these type of cases. Right. So, but what Wiegand didn't say at that September 2018 press conference, although HSI documents show that some supervisors knew, supervisors knew, uh, was that federal undercover agents repeatedly paid for and engaged in sexual acts with the suspected victims as part of their investigation. That fact, coupled with HSI's refusal to let its agents testify at trial, torpedoed a case that was more than three years in the making. All felony charges against the accused ringleaders were dropped, and all the women were most likely re-traumatizing, sex trafficking experts said. I kind of resent the fact that they had to be like, sex trafficking experts said. No, really, if you thought someone was like locked in a basement being raped on a constant basis, and then you paid to rape them too... I don't know why you need an expert to tell you that's probably fucking re-traumatizing to the victim, if that's what's going on. All right. 
Defense attorneys whose clients went free because of HSI's handling of the case were outraged to learn of the agent's, quote, investigative techniques, which means raping people. Hmm. Uh, that's our tax money, said attorney Josephine Hallam, whose grandfather was former U.S. Supreme Court Justice Hugo Black. Shouldn't they be at the border or doing something with terrorists rather than getting sex acts? Good question. Homeland Security Investigations, otherwise known as the HSI, is the largest investigative unit in the Department of Homeland Security, which was created in the wake of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. HSI's 7,000 agents have wide-ranging authority to investigate a variety of cross-border crimes, including sex and human trafficking. But for all its power and scope, HSI has done relatively little, uh, or has received relatively little public attention, even though their internal Inspector General reports uh, have criticized it for a lack of accountability and oversight. Really, a law enforcement organization created in a panic uh, and based on fear-mongering has no accountability and no oversight. You don't fucking say. All right. HSI agents have also been involved with numerous shootings of civilians around the country. An investigation by the Howard Center for Investigative Journalism revealed in February. Internal reviews and other data about the shootings have been denied under Federal Freedom of Information Act requests. Oh, so they just shooting niggas and not even. All right. So they're just murdering people and we don't even get to know about it. That's great. Uh, Yasmin Pitts O'Keefe, a spokeswoman with the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, HSI's parent agency, said, quote, HSI is committed to placing safety of potential victims at the forefront of every investigation. And that's why y'all were paying to rape them. Mm -hmm. Conducted by a limited number of HSI agents involved in the investigation was not consistent with HSI policy. I wonder if that policy is posted anywhere. I highly doubt it. But HSI's own documents, statements by local police and federal government's response, uh, refute the idea that this was a rogue action. Brad Rideout, who represented two women charged in the investigation, said he believes the agent's behavior was not unprecedented. He said, quote, In my experience in law enforcement, these types of things do not just happen in one spot. Yeah, that's accurate, actually. Um... Police in Lake Havasaw City and Bullhead City, uh, the Mojave County cities across the Colorado River from California and Nevada were the focus of the sex traffic investigation, said they were told by HSI that its policy permitted undercover agents to engage in sex acts with suspects. It is illegal in Arizona, as in other states, for police to engage in sexual activity with subjects in an investigation. So local police can't do it, but federal law enforcement can. Good to know. A leaked online policy handbook confirmed by retired HSI uh, senior agent Louis Garcia describes how, with supervisor approval, undercover agents can engage, in, can engage in otherwise illegal behavior. Although Garcia and another former HSI official said agents were not allowed to have sexual contact with subjects of investigation, Garcia said he didn't recall that prohibition in writing. Hmm. And here's a quote from David Thomas, the head of sexual misconduct training for the International Association of Chiefs of Police. That is like a lot of name for a guy who gets paid a lot of money to not do a lot of anything. I guarantee it. Uh, But David Thomas says, quote, in absence of a written policy, a lot can be left to chance. That is such a polite way to say that cops and law enforcement officials are going to rape sex workers. Um, So this agency, the uh, International Association of Chiefs of Police, uh, for years has prodded law enforcement agencies to implement bans on officers having sex in the line of duty. Okay, well, it's a problem. Sex workers have been saying this, and I guess 
here's your, you know, since people don't trust sex workers, here's the Association of Chiefs of Police also saying it. Okay. Over nearly a five-month period, the HSI undercover agents documented in graphic detail 17 sexual encounters with women working in eight different massage parlors. Ultimately, two... Oh, my fucking God. All right. You know, sometimes I do that when I'm reading a story, right? Like, you know it's going somewhere bad, but then, like, I read the rest of the story before the words come out of my mouth and I just have to pause because... All right. This is one of those moments. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, let's start that over. Uh, They described in documented detail 17 sexual encounters with women working in eight different massage parlors. Ultimately, two women were designated as victims, but their whereabouts are unknown. So they had time to rape them 17 times, but didn't have time to track where the fuck they are. That's good to know. Uh, Two other women were charged with prostitution and initially put in ICE detention, although only one still faces deportation hearings. Okay, so the two victims uh, who were designated uh, victims of sex trafficking are just lost. Nobody knows where the fuck they are. Two other women were charged and put in ICE detention. But keep in mind, this is what they call... Let me scroll back up to find it. Um, what the fuck did he say in his little fucking interview at the top? Um, they're safe in being cared for and we're using a victim-based approach safe and being cared for and we're using a victim-based approach the two of the the two people who were trafficked are missing and two of the people who were consensually doing sex work got put in ice detention yeah that seems legit of the nine suspects arrested three accepted early plea deals before news of hsi's agents actions became publicly known Records reveal HSI officials in Arizona, as well as local prosecutors and a judge, knew the details of the undercover tactics and allowed the investigation to go forward. So could you just imagine, like, the, you know, I think it's, what do they call it, like, locker room talk or, like, that back room talk? So it's not only the um, officers who are raping these women and talking about it in their reports and talking about it with their, like, immediate colleagues. They also recounted in vivid detail to a judge and prosecutors all the times they showed up at these massage parlors to rape these women. So basically, everyone sat around laughing about them raping sex workers for months, almost 20 times over a course of five months. Mm-hmm. And as they said, some of these uh, women were actually victims of sex trafficking, and so basically a bunch of prosecutors and law enforcement officials spent five months laughing, sitting around talking about raping victims of sex trafficking. That's the world that we live in. Um, so anyways, despite knowing all this for some reason, uh, the prosecutors and judge let the investigation go forward, Local HSI's supervisory agents signed at least eight internal reports that documented sex acts during the undercover visits, right? So keep how, see how this keep at, uh, keeps adding more and more people who are listening to these rape stories. This is how they do their locker room talk. Um, so eight internal reports documented sex acts during undercover visits. Uh, HSI unit chiefs in Washington, D.C. typically receive daily briefings to monitor undercover activity, Garcia said. At least one Mojave County judge approved a search warrant whose probable cause affidavit listed the agent's undercover sexual activity. So that's now a second judge. And a prosecutor aware of the agent's methods took the case to a grand jury. So that's now an additional prosecutor who then got to tell a jury how much fun it is when law enforcement officials rape sex workers and traffic victims. None of the under, uh, undercover agents were disciplined. Of course not. All they did was rape sex workers. Psh, why would anybody care about that? And only a low-level supervisor in HSI's Yuma office was disciplined. Psh, 
Okay. It's difficult to exaggerate the extent to which the law enforcement community collectively turns a blind blind eye when its members engage in misconduct, said Clark Neely, a vice president for criminal justice at the Cato Institute, a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. Dominique Rose Sepowitz, a nationally recognized sex trafficking researcher in Arizona, said the outcome sent a bad message to both victims and traffickers, adding, we've done a disservice to the victims if we don't do cases right. This isn't, okay, and see that that type of language, though, if we don't do cases right. This isn't just doing a case wrong. This is doing a case wrong 17 times in the same case, repeatedly. That's not a mistake. That's not a lapse of judgment. That is an intentional, I want to go to this massage parlor to rape someone because I can and no one is going to stop me. Neither the people at my job nor the sex worker themselves. Just, I get to do this. I get to rape people at my job. This is what they're fucking doing. So, uh, it was a little after 1 p.m. on September 20th, 2018, when a group of six federal agents and local police detectives entered a lobby of a strip mall, a massage parlor in Lake Havasu City, a resort destination on the Colorado River. Police search warrant, they yelled several times, getting no response. The details of what happened next are included in more than 2,100 pages of police reports, photos, and video. They love these investigations, as well as HSI and court records obtained by the Howard Howard Center for Investigative Journalism. The door was locked, so a detective kicked it in. In a a room to his left, he found a naked man lying face down on a massage table with a used condom by his side. A television monitor in an upper corner of the room showed footage from multiple security cameras, which had alerted the women who had been in the room to the officer's presence. After getting dressed, the man, 65, said it was his second visit in four months to the foot massage and spa. Both times, he said he'd paid between $60 and $80 for women working there to masturbate him. So, actual clients went there less than cops did, so just keep that in mind. Fanning out through the rest of the business, other investigators found the woman and a man she identified as her boyfriend in a back office. The woman, a 45-year-old Chinese national, told an HSI agent that she and her boyfriend arrived in Havasu two days earlier. She said they lived in Utah but often traveled to work in massage parlors, most recently in New Mexico, California, and Utah. At first, she denied performing sex acts at the spa, but when pressed, admitted she was masturbating the customer when police and agents arrived. In answer to questions designed to reveal trafficking victims, the woman said she was not forced to work at the massage parlors and could come and go as she pleased. She said the day before, she worked a seven to eight hour shift, spent two nights at an apartment, and was planning to drive back to Utah the following day, and added neither she nor her family were under threat. As it often tends to go, a lot of these traffic victims aren't actually being trafficked. Police took her to the Haven Family Resource Center, a Havasu nonprofit that works with abuse victims for further interviews to see if she was a victim of human trafficking and forced labor. After she specifically said she wasn't, she could leave whenever she wanted. They're still like, nah, but maybe. Uh, Details of those discussions weren't made public, but police later said uh, they were told the woman does not fit the criteria as a victim of trafficking. In coordinated raids, a second woman was picked up at a body spa, uh, another Havasu massage parlor. She too was brought to Haven, but her responses were different. She said she'd been brought to Havasu from Las Vegas uh, in a white car she described as having a a Mercedes-Benz symbol. For the previous three weeks, she'd worked in a massage parlor every day, on average 13 hours a day, sometimes longer. Most of the time, she did not leave the building and slept on a massage table at night. If she could afford it, she would rent a hotel room nearby to shower. 
There were some inconsistencies in her story, though. She first said her boss paid her by check, but then later said she was owed about $1,000. She denied performing sex acts, but later admitted to masturbating customers, uh, and a- who asked because she would not make any money if she refused. She said her boss didn't know what was happening, and then later said that once he told her, once she told her boss about the sex acts, it got no reaction. The woman was deemed a trafficking victim, and Haven arranged a hotel room for her for the night. The other woman was charged with prostitution and spent the night in Lake Havasu City Jail. Sex trafficking experts say sex trafficking experts say it's difficult to determine who is and isn't a victim because the women are sometimes too scared to be truthful, especially when they're involved in police actions. Oh, weird. If only sex workers had been on the ball of telling people that in the first fucking place. Okay, now this is the part where I start skimming the article because I'm not even halfway through it yet. And it's really, really long. All right. uh, Let's see. A 2017 report from Polaris Project, fuck them niggas, said traffickers generally uh, rotate women through a network of parlors every two to six weeks and control them through uh, physical force, fraud, or coercion, such as holding their passports and money or seeding a fear of arrest and deportation. That's the thing. Traffickers don't need to uh, threaten them with arrest and deportation because police already fucking do that. Like, okay. As the raids were underway in Havasu, Bullhead City Police, 65 miles to the north, pulled over Amanda Yamuchi for uh, failing to signal a turn. The 47-year-old woman had been on the radar of local authorities for seven months uh, for suspicions of prostitution, sex trafficking, and money laundering. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, So they ordered Yamuchi out of the car and handcuffed her. Um, And an officer said, you're under arrest for prostitution. Uh, The sex trafficking investigation had begun in May 2016 after police got multiple citizen complaints that massage parlors were actually houses of prostitution. Detectives say they liked uh, Yamauchi to massage parlors after receiving a tip in February of 2018 from someone who used to work for her, claiming that she was misusing her business license. Okay. Uh, Police say they witnessed Yamauchi a month before her arrest, shuttling Asian women from the Las Las Vegas International Airport to Havasu. So they watched her for a month and didn't do shit. Okay. I mean, how many times do you, if this is allegedly the crime and she is allegedly trafficking people from the airport to the massage parlor, how many times do you need to see it done before you can arrest her? Is once honestly not enough? Hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. Yamuchi is a U.S. citizen, told police she didn't run a business at the massage parlors and only rented them out to independent contractors. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, oh, then questioning shifted to uh, allegations of money laundering. Court records describe five occasions on which she deposited and withdrew more than $10,000 at a casino. Okay. Uh, when you're throwing $23,000 down at the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas, then you just pull 23000 out like you're washing your money. That's called money laundering. At that point, Yamauchi asked for an attorney. Good for, good for her. Um... <laughs> Police said, but this is all in all a good example of when you see something, say something. Okay. Uh, It really went from public nuisance to people being rescued from forced servitude. Except police don't know where those victims are. Hmm. Okay. And then, of course, their operation uh, for this whole thing was called Operation Asian Touch. Excellent casual uh, racism there. Uh, let's see. Mike Wozniak pressed play on one of the dozens of hours of HSI undercover audio from Operation Asian Touch. The veteran defense attorney who specializes in criminal law said he had heard such recordings before. 
I distinctly recall sitting in my office, it was late in the day, said Wozniak, who briefly represented one of the alleged traffickers charged. He said uh, he heard what I would have expected to hear, a conversation about services in exchange for money. But then he heard something else. Uh, Wozniak said they talked about a hand job, and I believe I was hearing one take place. And never the case I've had, the officer did not actually go through with the sexual act. Incredulous, uh, Wozniak said he called the lead prosecutor who confirmed what I believed I was hearing. It was pretty repugnant they were engaged in sexual acts with people that under their theory would have been victims of sex trafficking. During the investigation, two undercover agents uh, identified as Sergio and Arturo, visited eight massage parlors in Havasu and Bullhead, and paid women for sex acts, according to HSI records. The federal agents visited massage parlors on 18 occasions and on 17 visits paid for and engaged in sexual activity. And agents even noted in their reports signed by supervisors, the females may be victims of human trafficking. So yeah, why would anybody ever fucking report to police ever? Um, and then they even have on film them doing negotiations. Uh, a woman said a hand job would cost 60. How much for oral? The agent asked. Uh, she replied 120 for oral sex. Uh, the agent said the agent said he didn't have enough money, so the woman lowered her price to 100. And then the agent asked her to take off her clothes. Yeah, uh, the woman countered again with a price of 120 for oral and nudity, and the deal was set. The woman put a condom on the agent and attempted to perform oral sex. Okay, he stopped her, but then pulled off the condom and told her to masturbate him instead. The female then placed oil on her hands, and after a few minutes, the female stopped and gave him a wet towel to clean himself. This is how they treat people who they think are victims of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. He and the woman then later exchanged phone numbers. Really? So you think she's being raped and you're like, but give me your number so I can see you again. All right. Uh, it was absolutely moral problem, morally problematic. It takes a special officer to be on undercover stuff. It takes an even more special officer to be willing to break the law and have sex with a person you, you think is identified as a victim. That's fucking disgusting. Uh, let's see. I'm just scrolling to the bottom. This article is so long. Uh, ultimately, of the nine people charged, only three pleaded guilty, one to felony attempted pandering, one to misdemeanor prostitution, and one to solicitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose Sepowitz, who serves on the American Human Trafficking Council, called the case a terrible demonstration of behavior as a country, or just normal behavior, because they do this all the time. Uh, their job is to collect evidence and testify in court, she said, referring to HSI agents. They don't actually have any other function. Their job was to testify and close the case. They are not fulfilling their duties. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's what they're doing. Let me see. I'm just scrolling to the bottom to see if there's anything else important that I missed. Because this is like the longest article ever. Uh, let's see. Right. And then, of course, they're just trying to justify this under, uh, like, gray issues and legal liability issues of why it's okay for officers to do this because they need it to collect evidence, which, I mean, isn't true. But even if, hypothetically, they were being honest, once would be enough. No, why do you have to do it 17 times? You know. Yeah. So that is what is going on there. I just wanted to go over that. Um, I'm, still, I'm still scrolling and I'm still not at the bottom. This article is, like, the longest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to go over that to be like, oh, this is actually what police are doing. So when sex workers say we don't want to go to police, we don't trust police. When people who uh, are in situations where they would be considered traffic say we don't trust police, we don't want to go to police. This is exactly why. And so I just wanted to cover that and say this is what the fuck cops do. And uh, sex workers know this. People who have been trafficked know this. And, you know, 
they're really not on the side of people who actually need help. So, all right. Thank you for hanging out with me for that incredibly long article. Uh, Hopefully this is um, informative, right? So folks are learning what police actually do, how police behave. Um, Well, law enforcement, not just police, but all types of law enforcement behave and why sex workers are suspicious of law enforcement the way they are. It's not uh, paranoia. It's not you know, something that was put in our heads. It's not something that was like propaganda. Uh, People who work with sex workers, sex worker activists, sex workers, people who've been trafficked, people who work with people who have been trafficked. It's, you know, this is very common and we know this. So we just want to get these stories out there so folks realize where this distrust comes from. All right. Anyways, that is it for your Swapcast episode. Thank you for hanging out with me. We will be back soon with more news. And we are doing a swap cast. Thank you for hanging out with me. This is Phoenix Kalita. We are just going to talk about some sex worker news, sex worker rights issues. Uh, I wanted to cover this, and I'm going to hopefully uh, do this with a little bit of nuance and being a little bit careful um, because I don't have all the details on this story yet. Um, but I did think it's important to address it now and just sort of get uh, some of this information out now. So there was uh, an attack on an erotic massage parlor a couple months ago in Toronto in Canada. And um, so the suspect was arrested. And this is what's popping up now. This is from, what, May 19th, this article. And I think today's, what, the 20th. So this was yesterday. Um, So the deadly attack at a Toronto erotic spa was incel terrorism, police allege. So I think this is one of the first times I should mention it in the article that they're blaming incels for um, misogynistic attacks. So let's get into this. This is off globalnews.ca. A deadly attack at a Toronto erotic massage parlor three months ago is now being treated as an act of terrorism after police allegedly uncovered evidence it was inspired by misogynistic incel ideology. And of course, if you don't know, incels are involuntary celibates who basically are uh, a group of men who say that they would like to be in romantic and sexual relationships with women, but they can't. And usually there's a lot of racism and misogyny and ableism, and they will blame everything from, you know, like their jawline not being perfect enough to women being sluts, to women being ungrateful, you know, anything like that, instead of examining the fact that they just lack social skills and are not actually nice guys, right? Like these are the nice guys who are like, I'm a nice guy and this bitch won't date me type, you know, that type guy. Um, yeah, just tons of misogyny on their boards and they actually enjoy when women are raped or abused or injured or murdered because they think that's what women deserve for not, uh, being their trophy wives, essentially, like in a nutshell, there's more to it, but that's a, the TLDR, right? 
Um, so the suspect, who cannot be named because he is a minor, was also charged with terrorism for the alleged attempted murder of the woman who survived. He was already facing first degree and attempted murder charges, but this development means that the police believe the incident was terrorism related as well. In a joint statement, the RCMP and Toronto Police Service said that their investigation determined the attack was inspired by the ideologically motivated violent extremist uh, movement commonly known as incel. So that's interesting. Uh, The police gave incels their own, like, um, acronym, right? Ideologically Motivated Violent Extremists, I-M-V-E, movement commonly known as incel. So, all right. As a result, federal and uh, provincial attorney generals have consented to commence terrorism proceedings, alleging the murder was terrorist activity and the attempted murder was terrorist activity. Experts say it was the first time a terrorism charge has been laid over violence tied to incels, a term that refers to self-described involuntary celibates. It's also the first time that Canada's anti-terrorism law has been used to prosecute an act of violence by a suspect who was not an Islamist extremist. And that's where I said, uh, when I started this, I wanted to have a little bit of nuance because we don't have all the details yet. Uh, I'm hearing rumors, although it hasn't been confirmed, right? Because they're not releasing uh, this person's identity because he's technically a minor, um, is that he's not white. And so there is like sort of this speculation that because the suspect isn't white, they're using the terrorist, um, they're throwing the terrorism charges on there as well, whereas they probably wouldn't have done that had the suspect been a white uh, male, even if he would have committed the same crime. So just keep that in mind. Um, I know a lot of folks are happy that he is being charged as a terrorist for, you know, this type of attack. But keep in mind that it might possibly be um, like a racial component and that if uh, white male incels engage in similar behaviors, that they will not receive terrorism charges. But we'll see that hasn't like because his race hasn't officially been confirmed yet because his identity is hidden. So just keep that in mind. Um, a police source told Global News the suspect said he wanted to kill as many women as possible. The woman who survived the attack said in an interview she was pleased with the terrorism charges and that Canadians should be more informed about incels. Uh, the woman who has not been named said, quote, I'm overjoyed at the news that they've decided to charge him with terrorism stuff. I hope it sticks. The incident points to an evolving threat posed by the incel movement, which a recent paper said was flourishing, ideologically and evolving, and continuing to threaten more attacks. Almost 50 deaths in Canada and the United States have been linked to incels, leading for calls to treat their actions as a form of domestic terrorism. Canadian authorities have been reluctant to make use of the federal anti-terrorism laws following incidents such as the 2018 Toronto van attack, preferring to to charge suspects with non-terrorism offenses. Although the van attack suspect, uh, Alex Minassian, I don't think I'm saying that right, allegedly told police after ramming pedestrians on Toronto's busy Yonge Street that he was part of an incel rebellion, he was not charged with terrorism. Nor were Quebec mosque gunmen Alexander, uh, Alexander Bissonnette and Abu Dali Sharif, who targeted pedestrians and police, with a van in Edmonton in 2017. Instead, they were only charged with murder or attempted murder. But the decision to prosecute the massage parlor attack as terrorism may signal a new approach by authorities, a willingness to bring terrorism charges when warranted, and an acknowledgement that a broader range of groups are active in extremist violence. The incident, which took place at the Crown Spa, which offers, quote, sensual body rubs and an exotic massage that will leave you feeling completely relaxed and spoiled senseless, according to the website. I like how they added their little fucking the, the, the taglines of the, the spa. 
Um, at around noon on Monday, February 24th, the owner said she heard screams coming from a back room. When she went to see what was happening, a man stabbed her with a machete. She said she was able to wrestle the weapon from him and stab him in the back. Witnesses saw a bloodied woman and a man emerge from the front door. The body of Ashley Noel Arzaga, 24, was found inside. Uh, and that's also, of course, an interesting thing is that he is being charged as a terrorist despite the fact that he killed a sex worker um, in a massage parlor because... You know, usually law enforcement has very little regard for sex workers, so maybe this is also, maybe, 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 don't get your hopes up, but possibly um, turning the page about, you know, seeing sex workers is more human or more uh, worthy of dignity. That's something that law enforcement obviously hasn't done. If you listen to the previous story, obviously, right? Um, an injured teenager was arrested on the scene. No motive was disclosed at the time, but a source said the 17-year-old suspect indicated he was familiar with both the Toronto van attacker and the uh, author of the incel manifesto, Elliot Roger, who, of course, uh, if you recall, I think was in California and uh, basically went on a shooting spree and uh, was shooting women, uh, in particular white, inter well, in particular interracial couples. Um, he was shooting black men and white women because he was mad that he felt entitled to these women and they wouldn't date him. Again, that incel thing that the being entitled to a trophy wife sort of thing. When Toronto police came across evidence uh, that the crime might be terrorism related, they called the RMCP-led Integrated National Security Enforcement Team, INSET. Everything has a fucking acronym, I swear to God. Uh, the additional charges that resulted from the Toronto Inset investigation apply to cases where murder has occurred during an act of terrorism and a crime was committed with, quote, the intention of intimidating the public or a segment of the public with regard to its security or compelling person or government or a domestic or international organization uh, to do or to refrain from any act. And I think that, um, oh, sorry, y'all. I think that um, that definition is important. Uh, not only because it's an accurate, uh, you know, depiction of terrorism, but also when it comes to like the massaging the insoles in particular, one of the groups that they really hate are, uh, sexually active women and sex workers because they see those women as, um, basically devaluing themselves. Right. And not just in like the necessarily like the standard misogynistic way that like, you know, oh, you're better than that. Don't be a sex worker. You're worth so much more type thing, which, you know, a lot of sex workers here, but with incels in particular, it's, um, pushing their ideology that like because you've been with other men I can't be with you because now you're not good enough for me so like you ruined yourself uh you ruined my prize you ruined my toy you ruined my trophy you were supposed to be my trophy and now you can't be because you fucked somebody else and that sort of um misogynistic attitude and so you know I'm really not surprised that uh, you know, these attacks, they've so far mostly been targeting, like, you know, uh, college campuses, right, where there's the assumption that college girls are, you know, experimenting with other girls and going to frat parties and having sex, that sort of thing. And of course, now at a massage parlor. So essentially, this is not just punishing women for being women, but in particular, punishing young women for being sexually active um, and being having a certain amount of sexual independence because incels really hate that shit. Because they have, like, a, a specific twist on their misogyny under patriarchy, right? So I, I'm really glad that they were able to apply this as uh, a domestic terrorism act under that sort of definition of, um, what was it? With the intention of intimidating a segment of the public with regard to its security. Or to, re or, uh, to pressure them to refrain from doing something, right? Because that is why they're targeting uh, young women who are seen as, like, sexually active or sexually liberated, right? Um, 
So as this goes on, uh, Professor Colin Clark, a senior research at the fellow U.S. terrorism think tank, think tank, Safan Center. I don't even know a that. Senior one. researcher. Yes. Oh, what did I say? Just research. Oh, because uh, it oh. actually says research fellow, and I apparently just missed the word oh, fellow. Okay. <laughs> Apparently was the word fellow. Uh, He said, I think that's a move in the right direction uh, regarding the terrorism charge and also noted that incels have become a growing security uh, concern. Since the Toronto van killings two years ago, a handful of additional incel attacks have occurred, including at a Florida yoga studio. Right. Again. Right. This is going to be what stereotypically in shape young women who are probably having sex. Right. You know, because yeah. I mean, covered that in the regular program. We did. Yeah. Because I mean, as much as this is misogyny, like they're not attacking like, um, you know, like librarians or something. You know what I mean? Like it's a very specific, young, in shape type of. I like how women. even with you going with librarian is even just the brain thinking and stereotypes. Oh, yeah. That librarians are women. Yeah. But you said they're not attacking librarians. Right. The, well, yeah, the idea that they're, they're not attractive. Well, they're not attractive. They're quiet. They're not. Um, they're not like because again, this is about like the trophy wife aspect, right? So a librarian is like stereotypically what like a mousy, quiet, reserved, like plain Jane type of. You would think an abuser would fucking want that. <laughs> no, because they want a no. They want a trophy wife. They are entitled to a trophy wife. It's they could go abuse any woman they want, but they want the fucking. Like the, you know, what do they call them? Stacy's, like the, the, the most gorgeous among the women, right. you know? Every incel that beats my ass gets a trophy wife. <laughs> uh, let's see. Social media companies have responded by taking down online forums used by incels, while police have made arrests and paid closer attention to the misogynist extremist movement. What begins as a personal grievance due to perceived project... project ooh perceived rejection by women may morph in a, into allegiance to and attempts to further an incel rebellion, a Texas Department of Public Safety report said in January. The result has thrust the incel movement into the realm of domestic terrorism. Now, if only we could get Nazis in there, too. A California man described as an online incel promoter. What the fuck is an incel promoter? All right. All right. So a California man who was described as an online incel promoter was arrested last month over an alleged harassment campaign against two teenage girls who had rejected his sexual advances. Incel ideology ranges from sad and self-loathing to absolute hatred of women, said FBI uh, Special Agent Marcus McCain in an affidavit following the arrest of Carl Bennington, age 33. Also note that age difference, that's another age difference, that's another thing with incels. They think like a woman is past her prime when she's like 25 because she'll have had sex by then and then you're just being cucked if you have sex with her. It's Whatever. But yeah, so a 33-year-old hitting on teenagers and then harassing them online because they wouldn't date him. And that's why on on Nama Kate's podcast, Incel, where she read off a list of incels that died, I was like, that's just a, that, that's a list of problems that were solved. They're Absolutely. just, they're shit human beings. And yep. even my fucking far lefty socialist ass, I'm just like, we don't need those. We don't. No. 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 Um, and he also added that, uh, oh, okay, so okay, so this is an FBI special agent, Marcus McCain, also noting that some incels advocate for legalization of rape and violence against women. Yeah. You know. Um, so, I mean, but of course, then, you know, just contrast that with how society as a whole views sex workers. It makes sense that incels would target sex workers because those are already acceptable targets uh, in the eyes of society for that type of 
sexual and, you know, gender-based violence. So while Bennington was charged with uh, uh, cyber-stalking, Clark and other experts have been making the case that incel violence meets the definition of terrorism and should be treated accordingly. Uh, here's a quote. Some dispute that incel attacks qualify as terrorism because there is no realistic policy change that the movement is advocating. Yeah, I would actually disagree with that. Um, but you know what? Let me read the whole quote. Uh, some dispute that incel attacks qualify as terrorism. Or I'm sorry. Uh, dispute that incel attacks qualify as terrorism because there is no realistic policy change that the movement is advocating since their frustrations are merely a result of failed interpersonal relationships. I firmly disagree with that. The The goal is to terrorize women as a class of people and to uh, dictate what their sexuality looks like, what their interpersonal relationships look like. That That is ultimately the goal. There is a goal. It's just not like, um, you know, necessarily like broken down in a specific like policy, you know, or law sort of framework that like all women must be virgins before marriage, you know, but that is the underlying um goal is to again get your trophy wife that you're entitled to and nobody else can ever put their hands on her oh you know and if anything like that that's why new conservative groups with new names are fucking bullshit to me and it's fucking stupid Mm. because there already is policy pushing in that direction it's anti-abortion policy yeah any and all anti-abortion policy is pro-incel policy yeah because that would scare you into being the mythical figure of something that actually doesn't exist, which would be a virgin yeah. until your abusive marriage. Yeah. Well, and then also, of course, what? Because that lets you know how many times that, well, assume how many times that a woman has had sex, you know, um, because then if she has, you know, can't get an abortion and has three kids, you know, at least three men have been with this person. And so now, you know, that assigns their social value in this sort of mindset you know yeah which is why the only sex work that's legal is pornography because they can at least see it yeah yeah so that you are documented which is why slut shaming and locker room talk before donald trump (laughs) locker room talk is is actually just where you tell the stories about this so that all the men can know it's all about archiving and which is why i haven't done a real segment on it and I haven't done a real rant or post about it, but I still think that under patriarchy, all men think like incels. Yeah. The most sexually active man still wants the mythical figure of the virgin, which is a thing that doesn't exist. Yep. Um, and then, like, this quote continues. This is from uh, Clark and uh, someone named Liliana Turner, but they didn't really explain who she is. Okay, maybe they'll explain who she is down thread, which is weird. Um, However, they do justify violence uh, for their grievances. Their violence is ideological in nature, and they have attacked civilians in order to have a psychological impact on society, all classic hallmarks of terrorism. Right, see? There you go. Uh, Incel violence is, quote, indisputably terroristic in that it seeks to repress and subjugate women as part of incel's vision of a paternalistic genderized society, according to Bruce Hoffman and Jacob Ware on the Council of Foreign Relations. Did they not really fucking... Wow, okay. I just appreciate the irony that this is, like, a pretty well-researched article, and it's got, um, like, different quotes from people, but the one woman who has a quote, they don't tell you who the fuck she is. Like, did you... Did you see that? 
Did you catch that? I, I'm uh, I'm just engineering and then yeah. talking every once in a while. So, I do not have an article in front of me, folks. I'm, look, I'm looking. I'm just going to look back. So they have like vague quotes from, uh, right, like the Texas Department of Public Safety. Um, they have Marcus McCain, who's an FBI special agent. And then they have a quote from... Clark, who's Clark? Does it have her name by Clark's name? Where's Clark? Where is his name? Um, involuntary celibates and terrorism laws. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm looking for who this woman is, and I see her name, but I don't see any like is a researcher at or is a professor or whatever the fuck it is i don't see that in here about her um okay so they have colin clark right who is the senior research fellow at the u.s terrorism think tank and then in the quote which is from clark uh they say yeah, so this is the some dispute that incel attacks a qualify. Say Clark and Liliana Turner wrote in insights. That's it. That's all. She wrote in insights. That's the whole thing about her. So it's good to know that the one woman who got quoted in this article has the least said about her. That's just ironic, I guess. Um, all right. Uh, so incel violence is, yeah, deter- I read that. By advocating bloodshed as a means of broader societal intimidation, incel ideology conform- conforms to the core definition of terrorism as violence designed to have far-reaching psychological effects, they wrote. Uh, as with some far-right and Islamist extremists. Every time I see the word Islamist, I have that one lady's voice in my head. <laughs> Islamist! <laughs> uh, as with some far-right and Islamist extremists, incels are... are challenging for police because they tend to act alone, lack ties to an organization, and use readily accessible weapons such as vehicles and knives. But experts still say action is needed. And this is a quote according to the Studies in Conflict and Terrorism paper. The violent manifestations of the ideology pose a new terrorism threat, which should not be dismissed or ignored by domestic law enforcement agencies. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm just clicking the hyperlink for the quote. Um... Okay, so this Lawfare blog, that's actually not even her. All right. Uh, Well, okay. What does Insights have for me? Okay, so this is Global Network. Fucking emails keep coming through. A Global Network. No, no more emails. Global Network on Extremism and Technology. That is where... um, The person sending that email, that might be the person that tunes into the program. It's not somebody who tunes into the program. Like, wait a second. What time did they record this and what time did I send that email? It's nobody who listens to the program. All right. So I'm because I'm trying to figure out who Liliana Turner is, right? Because they have Clark and Liliana Turner wrote in Insights and they have a hyperlink to Insights. When you click the hyperlink, it just takes you to their homepage. It doesn't even take you to her article. Like, it's kind of bullshit. Like, honestly. Well, you need you need to read a woman's article? Yes. Well, for there's already men that write articles. Just find an article by a man and read it. That's basically what they did here. Well, well, there you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I just wanted to cover that because you know, one just to keep in mind if um, you know, if the suspect is not white and if the, he's only getting these tar- uh, terrorism charges because he's not white. So we'll see if uh, more white male incels start getting terrorism charges as well. But also an interesting turn of events that a sex worker who was murdered and 
presumably either an, a fellow sex worker or um, someone who worked with sex workers, because this person was also in the massage parlor, uh, that that person is also um, being seen as a victim of domestic terrorism, if that's maybe, you know, turning the page with how we're viewing incel violence. It's just, uh, you know, sort of interesting in that aspect to see how this is going. And it is nice to see that people are taking incel violence seriously because they are a fucking threat. They're incredibly violent. And that whole manosphere thing, right, is like the incels, the MGTOWs, the MRAs, they're all... Um, yeah, they're scary people. And the main thing that they are is, um, so the men's rights activists literally do nothing to get any men any rights. Right. The men going their own way harass women yep. and talk about women that they like to date and have sex with. Yep. The incels call themselves involuntarily celibate. When there actually are women that would have sex with them, but they don't want those ones. Yep. So keep in mind, the manosphere is just a whole bunch of 1984. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just, um, like, uh, like, like, like conservative, like right wing conservative men who love patriarchy, but they don't really fall into line at church or, um, they're not like politically active and so they just needed, like, their own space to, like, have that sort of, like, um, like, white patriarchal, like, bullshit for the most part, you know? But, like, oh, but I can't, I can't go to church and express it because I don't go to church. And, like, oh, I'm not involved in politics, so I can't, like, be on, you know, the golf course with, you know, these elected officials discussing it. Like, they just wanted their own fucking space. And so they found, like, these really shitty forums and they can, you know, make all their rape jokes and rape threats and harass women and... Just be general assholes. And so now, what what was the? Do you did you remember, or do you need to check and see the date stamp on that story? This story that I just read is from yesterday. Yesterday, so yeah. um, all I mean, I already um am subscribed to it. It's uh the host of this show is a very apathetic sociopath <laughs> named Nama Cates, two A's in a row, uh, Nama Cates, and uh, she hosts a program called Incel. And so I'll keep my ear to the street to see if she covers this story. Most likely she will, because it's a way to frame um, incels as so-called incels as victims. Mm. And so I can pass that on to you and maybe you did do she, a part two. Did she cover the story when it originally happened? Because the original attack was three months ago, but they, the terrorism charges just came yesterday. Oh, most likely she did. And then the and because all the incels are saying it's a way that they can so-called incels are saying it's a way they can legislate against us. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, just shut the fuck up. Like, I swear. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think it's OK. Like, I'm not talking about like severe damage, you know, just a little pop in the side of the head like if i oh. if i see someone that self claims to be an incel which doesn't exist i kind of just, just a little pop in the head not like a punch nothing devastating you know just a little you know just right in the fucking head maybe give them the chocla the chunkla the chunkla the chunkla yeah just a little chunkla that's all yeah i know which is what a house shoe a flip-flop yeah that's all i have i have a pair of flip-flops on right now Got them from Burlington Coat Factory, about six bucks. <laughs> All right, um, this uh, is Swapcast. It is Swapcast. I just wanted to look real quick and see um, if, like, uh, if the MRAs are talking about it on Twitter. The men's rights feller guys. Like, incels. Let's just see what they're saying. Oh, there's a hashtag, incel terrorism. All right. 
Let's see what's happening there. Incel terrorism. Yeah. Incelerism? Incelerism. Is a is an incel that kind of wants to speed things up and incelerator. <laughs> yeah, incelerationist. Yeah. Yes. You knew um. you see you you're getting used to it, which is not good. You shouldn't get used to fucking bullshit ass dad jokes. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Um, yeah, it's interesting. People, uh, I'm looking at these comments. People are just like, I don't understand. He was only 17. A lot of people still haven't had sex when they're 17. Like, why is he so angry? And it's like because people don't see. And this is the thing I think, not just about like incels and MRAs, but just like right wing propaganda in general. People don't take it seriously um, because like they are really good at like the online recruiting and their online forums for like um, radicalizing people. Like what? Well, and that's also, folks. Um, oh God! Hope, hopefully, the holy hell, there's a teenage boy tuned in. Maybe even a preteen that's unsupervised with a smart device <laughs> tuned in. Um, all right, let's run it back. Uh, 1996, uh, first year that I'm in the foster care house. There's another um, young person, just, you know, like about ten months older than me in there, not too far apart in age. And one morning. We're at a different foster care house because <laughs> the system is really well organized. And um, and it's, you know, it's kind of late in the morning. And he's like, yeah, I, OK, I, I won't say homegirl's name because these are real people. And he's like, yeah, hey, she let me put my dick in her pussy for a little bit last night. It was feeling so good. I didn't really fuck her, but it was feeling good. And I'm just listening to this nigga tell the story. And I'm not saying shit, but I know that she wasn't here last night. Oh, she stayed the night at her homegirl's house. So young teenage boys that might be unsupervised and tuned into this program for whatever reason, you're looking for sex workers rights. Um, your homeboys be lying. Yeah, <laughs> they be lying. They don't be doing shit or, or they're exaggerating on what they have done. Like you really think there's a you really think your 14 year old friend is, um, beating the brakes off that pussy you really well yeah no don't believe that they're lying and they're lying probably because they think that you're about to tell them a true story but then because you heard them lie and you're embarrassed now you're about to lie Mm -hmm. and then it's a whole bunch of little niggas that ain't did shit when they're 17 and they're like oh my god it's never gonna happen and then you look for other fuckers on the internet and then you find these sad ass 40 year old jack knuckled fuck sticks that Mm -hmm. say oh you're an incel and then they say the two words it's over yeah and then they fucking get you to give up and go and and i say get you to give up that really shouldn't even be a goal at all anyway stop caring about it take matters into your own hand and try to be a decent person if you're a decent person and you're a kind person that will shine through and be attractive as fuck yep all right try it be kind all right here here give this one a shot all right you're in the you're in a public space you're passing by Mm -hmm. don't get close by a woman but as you pass by just say morning ma'am and keep going don't say shit else you don't need to you don't need don't ask her to smile please we can end that one in a generation this is Swapcast. This, this is, is no moment. place for me to go on my rants. <laughs> uh, and I'm right. looking, and I'm looking. I just saw. I finally saw a picture of the the stabbing victim, who is clearly a woman of color. 
so all right yeah so the victim was definitely um not a white woman um but yeah it's really interesting the like m very mixed reactions to this a lot of people saying we should take incels seriously, but then we also have people saying being on the left and supporting the the expansion of the application of terrorism laws are political positions that have traditionally not gone together. And it's like, I actually would firmly disagree with that. Wait a second. So if somebody kills me and says nigger while they do it, you don't want it to be a hate crime because you're a lefty? Yeah. Like, no, you're not a lefty. You're one of those fucking academics that makes me say academic with that tone. <laughs> and right. then I think of Fallon Matthew and I'm like, well, they're not all bad. <laughs> right? Uh, Chelsea Springler's going for that that PhD. Right. Which I figure I might as well just start calling a nigga Dr. Springler now to make misogynists mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, so Dr. Springler should be uh, on the program Sunday. Oh my god! And then uh, in the comments under one of these articles, uh, most of these spas don't check IDs uh, to check age requirements. You could look at sex workers as pedophiles for dollars. So it's their fault that someone got stabbed because someone walked in and stabbed them. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. And then somebody's saying, "Well, I'm not. A, I'm not. You know, I don't support incels, but." Oh, here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that, buddy. All yeah. right, so that that's what's yeah. going on. Did you look, look see if Nama Kate's tweeted about it? Uh, it's what N A A M A or N A M? Yeah, uh, the the two A's first. Okay. Man, I hope I'm remembering that right. Let's see if I didn't uh, wild goose you. And it's Kate's with Which a C, right? Sounds like some weird sex act. <laughs> like, oh man, what what happened to your oh, leg? Kate's oh, with we, a K. we we was wild goosing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fucking, I hate her profile. Gray hat engineer, deep web, dark arts. Shut up. Yeah, dark arts. Yeah, by like, you mean um, defending like this type of behavior in incels, right? Like you're a cis white person with a podcast that has shitty audio. So I do see they tweeted 11 hours ago because of course this story came out yesterday. Um, and they, someone, another outlet, obviously, another Canadian outlet covered it. And someone quote tweeted that and said, um, Sneeze. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Sneeze. Okay, so the other outlet, uh, CBC News Alerts, said breaking Toronto police and RNC RCMP say a 17-year-old male charged with first-degree murder over an attack at North York Massage Parlor has now been charged with terror offense. They allege, allege the teen was motivated by incel movement. And someone quote tweeted that and said movement equals a noun and organized effort by supporters of a common goal. There are no supporters. There is no common goal. There is no incel. And Nama Cates retweeted that. So Nama Cates, who was not an incel, but supports incels, retweeted a tweet saying there's no support for incels. And this is why a few minutes ago I said it's a big old 1984. Mm hmm. People are full of shit. Yep. I'm trying to fill up dead air space yeah. while Phoenix Kalita oh, clicks things. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's they also retweeted this and said, thread the terrorist attack by members of an ideological group of isolated young men called incels. In my opinion, as not all extremists are terrorists and not all incels are terrorists either, a great way to understand why some incels engage in violence is the Incel Project podcast. Her podcast. Wait. Isn't isolated. Yes. Not on um on my uh 
uh, podcast application is just the word incel and that's it oh no they have a at on twitter is at incel project oh that's what they okay yeah uh and then uh this is fucking satanic panic bullshit okay nigga y'all actually exist the satanic panic was about a the opposition controlled opposition to a deity that doesn't exist you're actually real your bullets have actually murdered people. Uh, I'm glad y'all talked this out. My first reaction was uh, to be mad at Nama Cates, but keep telling stories that make us un- uncomfortable. It's the only way we'll grow as a society. Oh, okay, folks. I know that many of you... Okay, none of you are tuning into this incel program. I do these things because I want to know what the fuck bullshitters are doing. And um, Nama Cates tells no stories. Nama Cates lets incels come on spout misogynistic bullshit and the closest she ever came to pushback in the early episodes she would be like it can be kind of hard to listen to their ideas that that's that's the pushback and then someone uh said listening to the incel project has me yelling i think it's really important to try to understand people you disagree with no matter how fringe their beliefs and this is how people get lynched their beliefs aren't fringe misogyny is very fucking popular i shit you not hell i could drop this whole thing and do a misogyny grift and get the patreon up to ten thousand a month you could in a month mm. what the fuck are you talking so yeah so nama kates is basically saying that it's satanic panic bullshit that uh, incels aren't actually a movement even though they all congregate in the same places on the same corners of the web and use the same language and have their own slang, right? Yeah, the only thing I'm funny style about is the word movement. You know, because, again, you're just conservatives. Yeah. You don't you don't need a movement. Yeah. You don't, like, literally the status quo is in your favor all the fuck ready. Yeah. Which is really, you're a bunch of fucking Karens, which is what, a busybody? Right. Well... <laughs> incels maybe your bodies aren't that busy it's okay to make fun of them <laughs> it's okay to make fuck fun of them, them. <laughs> all right uh oh what are you doing now oh i'm just sending a, a smart ass retweet comment back to something but yeah that's yeah, that, yeah that's that that's that yeah so of course the people who def- who humanize incels are trying to you know justify this attack and i honestly see this as no different as the same type of people who right now are sharing that um you know the fucking uh video about how the guys who killed uh what is it ahmed arbery about how they were actually really nice guys and you know maybe he stole something once like a couple years ago so maybe he deserved to get shot to death you know it's exactly the same type of shit as people who justify racism and racial lynchings like this is no different so yeah yeah and 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 again that's why when nama kate's read off the um the list of incels that allegedly committed suicide. I was like, that's a list of problems that solved themselves. Yep. Fuck them. All right. Fuck them entirely. And this is Swapcast. This is Swapcast. Is your program over? It is. All right. Swapcast is over. Um, The first 25 minutes will go up, and then the whole thing will go up altogether. And... You just fucking enjoy your life there, buddy chief. Tune in for the Swapaganda. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, the mouse. No, no, no. <laughs> what?